Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back. The summer heat wave may have been and gone, but it is time for things to heat up on the podcast because we are beginning our summer of Isekai. Two series going head to head, one champion by Phil, one by me, competing to see which is the best Isekai that doesn't have a person who reincarnates as just a bog standard human slash humanoid. All that begins in this episode. At that time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends, and actually most of them were trash, but some of them weren't, aka the Trash Manga Friends Podcast Progressive, episode 33. The whole of humanity has gone trash manga except for me. You know the drill by now. This is the show where three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga. We dissect what's good. We dissect what's bad. We dissect what's trash. And it's an isekai, so it's always trash. Hmm. I am your forever host and King Slime Sean, and I am joined once again by Liquid Slime Phil and Behemoth Slime Mike. How are you both? In this heat, we're all liquid slime. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work as well because it's not hot today. Not today, it's not, no, but uh, we've just come out of a pretty major governmental warning level heat wave. And so everything is sweat. If all the, the government time. warn us. Oh, yeah, they can, you can trust everything they say. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've traditionally been quite trustworthy in this in the in recent years yeah absolutely this is the british government by the way <laughs> just to be specific on the that only one, government that matters mike how are you phil how you doing buddy i <laughs> oh my god right <laughs> so as i mentioned earlier this is the summer of isekai Throughout our two episodes in August, we will be covering two different Isekai series, one that Phil really loves and one that I really like. And instead of like all the other Isekai or Isekai likes, which we've covered in the past, where the protagonist just comes back as a human or a human with slightly pointy ears. No, this time around, we're going for non-humanoid. What if you came back in another world and you weren't just magical hero McGee, but you were a monster or um, not a human is the point I'm making. So, yeah, we're covering two different non-humanoid isekais. Uh, Phil got to pick first, and so he has chosen... That time, I got reincarnated as a slime, a.k.a. Tenshi Shitara Slime Dataken. Uh, this is a uh, spoiler isekai manga. Who saw that coming? Uh, it was originally a web novel... Is this from... an isekai? I know, right? Originally a web novel from 2013 to 2016. The light novel version started in May 2014, while the manga version that we've covered uh, for this show uh, started in March 2015. Uh, it also has a whole bunch of spin-offs, which I will now open up on Wikipedia because there are a lot of them. Uh, it has a spin-off called That Time I Got Reincarnated in Slime, The Ways of the Monster Nation. That started in July 2016. Uh, it's got uh, The Slime Diaries, That Time I Got Reincarnated in Slime. That was March 2018. That time I got reincarnated again as a workaholic slime. That was September 2018. Uh, there's one that even Wikipedia doesn't mention, which tells you how much this has, but it's called Trinity and Tempest, which started in March 2019. So a lot of it. The main series that we're focusing on was written by Fuse and art is by Taiki Kawakami. Uh, they also did the art for uh, Alderman on the Sky and a spin-off of Mayu Mayu Yusha. Two series that I have not thought about in goddamn years, but uh, my Mayusha was all right. I don't know if either of you had ever heard of either of those. Nope. Spoilers, shock, gas, Mike hasn't. <laughs> Phil might have. Um, I don't recognise the names, not to say I've not. Okay, I mean, it's fair. Neither of them have been particularly relevant in a while. Throw a dart and you'll hit something that feels red, so chances are he has red and just not realised. 
maybe. I, I, I imagine he's probably read Mayu Mayu Just again, it's not spectacular, so probably just blurred into one. In terms of license, yes, uh, Slime has been licensed in me its many different forms, kind of split between Kodansha and Yen Press. So the main manga is licensed by Kodansha and you can pick up 16 volumes of that. The light novels are licensed by Yen Press and you can pick up 11 volumes of them. And then the various spin-offs are split between uh, Kodansha and Yen Press. Although uh, some of the Kodansha ones are only available digitally because Yabu, Hiss, etc. Uh, there are also anime versions. Uh, there's two seasons of the main show, uh, which make about 36 episodes total, and Slime Diaries spin-off, which I think is still currently airing, right, Phil? No, season two is currently airing. Slime Diaries has finished. Slime Diaries was last season. Got it. Yeah. Right. Season two of Slime itself is airing at the moment, or part two of season two, should I say, because they did split call. Oh, okay. I love it when they do that. So my notes are even more out of date. Brilliant. Either way, if you want to watch it, it's all available on Crunchyroll. I believe the main series also available on Funimation if you want to check it out dubbed. Also, there's some other stuff, other fun facts and things about Slime that I've got, because boy, the Wikipedia page for this goes on and on. Uh, this is going to be an F2P mobile game uh, that was announced yep. this year. It's the fifth best-selling light novel series of 2018 and the ninth best-selling manga of 2018. Uh, it was also the first manga based on a light novel that broke the 20 million sales mark, and I believe it's recently surpassed 25 million sales. Rimuru, the protagonist, who we'll get onto in a minute, uh, won Crunchyroll's Best Protagonist of the Year in 2019, and it was the grand winner of the 2018 Bookwalker Award, which is done by uh, Kodansha, I believe. So, uh, yeah, this is a pretty well-regarded series, but uh, what did we think of it? Well, before we can get to that, we need to know what exactly is it? What could a series called That Time I Reincarnated as a Slime possibly be about? Phil, please, educate us. Oh, well... I don't know, man. That title's so vague, it could go in any direction. Stop building up the tension! Make me! <laughs> I'll stab you, rather like our main character was. That does oh, happen, God. yeah. I'm... I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> yes, I, I figured you wanted to talk about that, but <laughs> yes. One day, our main character is out with a colleague, a friend, and is unfortunately stabbed in a tragic dabbing. Because, <laughs> you know, one uh, tends wait, to be. Are not all stabbings kind of tragic? Depends who's being stabbed, I guess. I guess so. Uh, but yes. As he lays there, dying, lamenting his life, a voice appears in his head, lots of stuff happens, and then he awakens to find he can't see, and is in fact actually now a round blob, also a slime. And thus begins his adventure in this new world. Lots of stuff happened, I love you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is some... A-grade synopsis right there. Shit happens, and then the manga ends. <laughs> Do you care about the exact specifics of how he's dying and what the he says? The manga version but... sure doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Okay, so here, I'm going to do this first of all, because Mike won't have this point of reference, but Phil will. <laughs> okay. Yes, so, the, the anime, yes. The actual reincarnation. I can't believe I'm saying that the anime did it better, considering how much I ridiculed that at the time. But nah, at least in the anime, he gets stabbed. <laughs> in this one, the guy just runs up to him, runs past, he's like, he's dead now. <laughs> he's dead, I was wondering about that, because 
the art doesn't make it super clear he's been stabbed. It looks like no. he kind of the it look it kind of makes it look like the guy was running along with a knife held out like a fucking rabbit oh, tonberry. That's exactly right, Mike. If you watch the anime, which I imagine looked at this and went, "What the fuck do we do?" The guy essentially the person with the knife just runs in from 100 meters away like a bayonet style <laughs> and he just snaps it and <laughs> takes it <laughs> it's not just it's not even that it's like there is no purpose to this stabbing no. like, not at all. it wasn't like a robbery that went wrong or something like that just a dude ran up holding a knife out was he robbed someone further up the street and was running away oh so it was an accidental stabbing <laughs> i i don't know if i'd say he's accidental but i would yeah it wasn't like he intended to stab the main character for definite at least it wasn't truck senpai i guess i i would have preferred that <laughs> you would have preferred an accidental the step point, the point the is like when it, when he's out with his co-worker and their fiance this guy comes running at them with a knife shouting get out of the way the friend just kind of freezes up so our main character like shoves him out of the way he's like no i'll save you and then get stabbed okay so that's not immediately clear in the not in the done. manga to begin no. with i thought it was pretty clear like you don't see him getting stabbed as you say but the implication is that you see him pushing the guy out the way that's fine but yeah it's missing uh you're missing like a scene where you know he gets stabbed yeah like, like i say you don't you don't you don't see him actually getting stabbed you sort of see a panel of him and then a sound effect with a sort of like impact i don't know what you would call it explosiony visual effect your standard anime background wiggly line nonsense not quite what i mean but yeah you sort of see like oh he's been hit by something there and they've got a like a thud sound effect or something along with it which i assume is meant to be the implication of he has been stabbed because sure. the very next panel is him falling over and blood spurting out of his back. I mean, yeah, it became very clear at the moment he said, oh god, I've been stabbed, or something to that effect. Yeah, when he's on the ground bleeding, you could put it together, but yeah, yeah. it's... I also do just want to say, because I think this actually brings up the point here, I believe you've read, for this, you've read the actual one, right? As in the official localization of this. Me, yes. Yeah, whereas me and Mike going off the fan translation, because I don't think there was a FUD sound effect or anything like that in our one. They might not have translated it or something. Yeah, it, it wasn't immensely clear that, that the knife had made impact. <laughs> I would say, it, it, yeah. But So weirdly, even though I slammed the anime for that back at the time when it aired and be like, this is the dumbest reincarnation ever, I it does it better than the manga. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, it's, a, it's another dumb isekai reincarnation. But that's part of the course. Hmm. I would say, honestly, like, this first, uh, how many pages is it, like, probably not even ten pages, is just, he he needs to die, let's kill him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I did find myself skipping past the beginning part of it, so I, like, in knowing that this was an isekai, I was there like, is this, these are irrelevant people. I just make sure I get, like, yeah, the yes. of them in case when he gets reincarnated, he's like, that person's just like my friend, or something. No, about, about the only... The only thing that really matters of these first few pages is sort of the voice in his head saying like, oh, you're, you're cold. I will make sure you won't no, be cold. No, that doesn't happen in this part, Phil. That happens later. No, it happens in this part. They don't it? mention it in chapter one. No. 
Another thing the anime fixed. <laughs> okay, so there's also a thing which does happen here. Um, he's, he's kind of like calling out, as he's been stabbed, he's kind of like calling out into the void and he gets like a computerized voice back. Yes. And he also makes the, the joke of get rid of my PC. I don't <laughs> yeah. want people to see my <laughs> internet history. Throw, throw my PC into water while it's turned on. Make sure it's all destroyed. Which is like funny and all that, but it's like, all right, <laughs> like okay. I I liked it. it was it was I, a I liked good it. throwaway gag. Sure, literally, in fact, literally, yes. It it was literally like a panel. So I thought where this was going, I thought the shtick was going to be he actually gets reincarnated inside like a video game on his PC, and then he has to somehow stop the friend from the outside world throwing his PC in the bath or whatever to make sure he doesn't get deleted or some shit. But no, they don't go with that way with it, so whatever. No, uh, yeah, the the first little bit where he's dying largely irrelevant, as you say, apart from when he's talking to the to the robot voice. Yeah. Which yeah. It implies it's coming from his PC, which is why I thought that. But whatever. Was it? Yeah, because you see a flashback of like his PC on his desk. You see, you see that flashback because he's like, he's, he's like, oh, this voice is very robot. It sounds like it's computer generated. And he's like, wait, my PC, no, destroy it. See, I, I get that they happen at the same time, but I felt the implication was that he was going to be reincarnated in his PC, but I guess that's not what happened. No. Or at least there's no indication of that. Not at this that point. we're aware of anyway. Yeah. So, sure. Instead, he goes on a manic soliloquy, which I... I mean, hey, I've not died, so maybe this is what people do on their deathbeds, but boy, he's like, man, I was a level 30 wizard because, you know, I'm a virgin. (laughs) Yeah, that does happen. But wait, no, I was almost 40, so if you think about it, it's more like I'm a grand sage. (laughs) And in the anime, they put all of these bits together, but they stick in the manga later down the line. So he also does the whole hot and cold bit here. He does, I think there's another bit I can't remember he does here, but he basically goes through this entire random list of things to set up all the random ass skills he needs to be an OP god. I mean, maybe they they thought that was uh, better because later on, this dude, once he becomes a single blob slime, he every so often just like, oh, I've got this ability now. And it's like, really? Do you? Yeah, it <laughs> works a lot better in the anime where they set up in advance, whereas uh, it's skipping ahead a bit, but there's a bit later on where he's fighting essentially a fire demon style mm-hmm. thing. And Very, he's like, yeah. good thing I'm immune to fire because I mentioned that earlier when I was dying. <laughs> yeah. Didn't retcon that in. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this does have the unfortunate um, isekai trapping of uh, everything I need to happen just it conveniently happens for me, and I get any skill I need just because I need it. Yeah. I go further than that. I think one of the big problems this has, and it's not so much that the retcon later that only really happens like once or twice with his whole death scene stuff, but a lot of it is a case of like, oh no, there's a crisis, but I already solved that earlier, so um, mm-hmm. here's all the stuff, which again. I feel the anime at least does a lot better job of setting things up and putting things in the chronological order rather than just, oh no, we need healing potion. Oh, good thing we're in, uh, in that cave earlier off panel. I um, ate a fuck ton of healing potions. I mean, you, didn't, you actually see that happening. Yeah, uh, because the first thing 
when he becomes a slime, he's got no senses or anything like that. The only thing he can do is like slime about and eat grass to pass time. It's an indeterminate amount of time has passed after he's become just a yeah, basic mob slime. He's become like an instinctual beast. So he passed he eats grass to pass time. So it's not completely out of there that he just accidentally I, yeah, picked up but the in the an- again, in the you're gonna hear me references a lot. In the anime they make it very clear that what he's eating can make medicine whereas in this one yeah. it's just oh that's convenient yeah i ate a ton of that and then they yeah. do it later on with rocks which i think in one throwaway line they say i ate some rocks and then they're like oh those were super magical rocks with uber yeah. magical properties this is how they make swords later it's a lot of right? yeah we fixed that already so this isn't really a crisis at all yeah it's it, the fact that he's done these things is not the problem it's the fact that they all super conveniently happened it's like, he had no intention of going out to eat grass to make healing potions. It just so happens that he did, and they're the best healing potions that anyone's ever seen. It's like, alright. You don't get it in what we read, but basically it's because it's down to the purity. Sure. Later on it's explained, so the reason his are so good is because it's so pure, whereas anyone else, when they make it, it's filled with like impurities and things. Or like, sure. So like, he ends up selling them, for example, but he doesn't sell them as what he can make because that's too good and like would cause massive problems. So they, they literally water it down, for example. I'm, I'm not even mad at the idea of saying that passing these herbs or rocks through a slime makes them purer. Like, I'm not, I'm not even mad at that because that's actually a thing. Like, you get the stupid fucking cat shit coffee. Yeah. Where, like, they they pass it through a cat and somehow and they pick it out of the feces and somehow that makes it better. I'm sorry, what? This is absolutely a thing. I don't think it's a cat, but yes, I'm pretty there, sure it's there a is, cat. The thing is, monster, I believe you. I some sort. But what? <laughs> yeah, well, they pass it through some sort of animal and then they pick the coffee beans out of the stool and then I assume they clean them. I've honestly no idea. And uh, then yeah. I have made the right choice in my life by not drinking coffee, is what I'm hearing. Well, most coffee isn't like that. I was going to say, that's one is... I don't want to take the risk. I don't want to take the risk that maybe I have the coffee that is. I mean, yeah, with any food, that, especially food that's been grown, it's probably got a decent amount of animal feces on it. So, On it? It wasn't, like, farmed from the feces. <laughs> that's... Uh, you don't know. Have you ever had mushrooms in your life? Oh, no. Cut <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, if you don't eat eggshells, I guess. I was going to say, yeah. You don't, but... I mean, you, the aim is to not eat the eggshells, I guess. I've eaten plenty of my life by accident. Well, I'm going vegan, is what we've learned of this. <laughs> As we've just discussed, plants are also not safe. Everything has been pooped on. It's fine. The plant can't complain. It's fine. Every, everything is poop, is what we're getting Everything at. is poop. Just like our protagonist. <laughs> that is to say it. All of that is to say it's it's not completely out there that him holding them in his mystical vacuum other dimension stomach area that he has, which I'm also totally willing to believe he has. Um, maybe passing herbs and rocks and stuff through that does purify them. I'm okay with that. It, the annoyance is the is how convenient it all is that he just so happens to have everything he needs at, when he needs them. Weirdly, he is a bit of a Gary Stu character. As I say, for me, I was fine when I watched the anime because they kind of explain this at the time it's happening, so it's less coming out of nowhere later than the line. But in the manga, yeah, it is just 
a good thing I solved this problem five chapters ago off screen. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you see me eating the herbs, you see me eating the rocks. You have one panel of him eating grass and going, I'm eating grass. That's it. Like, yeah, again, I don't mind him doing that. And I don't mind. I just, I just hate the convenience of it all. Like, yeah, he's eating grass. Cool. But it just so happens to be the exact right herbs and the exact right rocks. And it's the sheer, like, yeah, that happening once, fine. But the sheer frequency at which it's convenient for him that he's accidentally solved this thing in advance. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I think it was Eminence in Shadow, where just everything the guy says just happens to be right. And yeah. it pissed me off. Grass, there was much about that manga that pissed me off, but still, this was one of the points. And it's just, it happens all the time in this, which is annoying to see. I don't think it happens all the time. It's I've happened like twice. Four, four or five instances of it happening. It's what, okay, yeah, it's the, in terms of like actually eating stuff, yeah, that's only happened like twice. But in terms of like, I just so happen to have the right skill for the situation, happens very often. Very often. Yeah, it it's hard to build any kind of stakes or yeah anything like that because you're like, well, he'll he'll clearly already have the solution. Oh, he did, great. Oh, especially because why would I even start to get invested in the problem? Because it's clearly not a problem. It's also kind of annoying because it's also made very clear that slimes in this world are. They even use this terminology in the translation we read. The that they are basic mobs. They are any creature that any person adventurer anything wouldn't think twice about just killing on site and the first solution to seeing this this character after he's become a slime is not to attack him it's never to attack him straight away it's always just to say hi how you doing <laughs> just try and befriend yeah, that's, him that's probably because he speaks to them first in almost every occasion yeah but that also feeds into the convenience of it i'm gonna assume the humans haven't said a talking slime I, sure, but that also does again feed into the convenience of it that he just so happens to conveniently. I'll give him talking because they actually spend a bit of time on him learning to talk. That's not just a throwaway. They just they actually yeah, dedicate sure. him. He targets a specific animal so he can copy its vocal cords and then Although, spends the one, days learning. The one he copies is a bat's ultrasound. Yes. Yes. I don't think a bat's ultrasound can create human speech but okay i suppose it's less about doing exactly what the bat does and more mimicking the he's copying the skill as it were he's he's copying the ability to produce sound waves which is effectively speaking sure but ultrasound is the way it is it's called ultrasound specifically because you know you can't hear it it's because the sound waves are a particular wavelength yes mit then only really uses telepathy for a while well, it's not him using telepathy for a while, it's the, the dragon, <laughs> which dragon. we also haven't mentioned yet. Uh, well, yeah, he does use it later on, like when he's speaking to the goblins, that's all. Yes, but he gets that from the... He wolf. gets that from the dragon. Did he get it from the dragon? Oh, okay. He gets it from the dragon because he gets all of his skills. Yeah. I, I mean, let's talk about the dragon for a moment since... Veldora. Yeah, like the... the... So he, get, he gets to this world. He's a slime. He has no outward senses. Only thing he can do is be instinctual and he can slime around eating whatever he comes across. Talk to his magical great sage ability. Yes, yes. Talk yeah. talk to the, the narrator god in his head. And doesn't get a headache from this one, so clearly <laughs> that's no that's no doesn't doesn't have to mack on his childhood friend who's just being a good friend. Exactly. Sure, sure. Nothing more. How convenient. And 
which kind of makes you think that that arc in Hidden Dungeon was just it's just kind of stupid. But let's you know, we're not talking about that today. Uh, so yeah, he's just doing this, and then suddenly he hears a voice from from like the great beyond, as it were, and it kind of instructs him what to do to give himself magical senses and so he can perceive the world around him and the scene, formulate basically. some sort of seeing and hearing and stuff. And right before this happens, he says, okay, I'll teach you how to look at me, but you gotta not be scared. Which, of course, is like, you know, obviously, why would you be scared if someone prefaces it like that? And as soon as... I love this joke, because as, as, um, as soon as he uh, can see, <laughs> he's met with this really... I would say terrifying looking dragon. <laughs> like it's really detailed, scary ass looking dragon. It's like a meter away from his slime face. And he's like, oh Jesus. Hey, I said, don't be scared. <laughs> I like that. Cause I was, I was reading that and I was clicking through. I was like, oh fucking hell. All right, there it is. Like it got me. It's very well drawn. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, I think Veldora is easily one of my favorite characters. He's mm. just a giant Sundari dragon. <laughs> yeah and it's a it's a little weird like it's it's a unfortunately again it plays into a lot of stuff happens kind of conveniently but the, he's basically the original source of the protagonist power because you see that a lot in isekai where they are the weakest but they also just get a hold of this one major power source essentially by fate or luck or whatever yeah I think in this case, the power comes less from the dragon itself, because I don't think he's technically absorbed that yet, because it's still protected by the shield, but the dragon names him, and names that power. Well. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on, which I don't think the manga itself goes into great detail on, which is actually why, I'll, I'll mention this actually, as Sean mentioned, I've, I've got the actual books, and in the back of them, one of the really cool extra things you get is like a little short story in each volume, which is like the story of the book from Veldora's point of view. Right. And you actually get some like little explanations on things that don't necessarily make it into the manga. So a couple of the things you actually find out is... So I can't remember if it's mentioned in the main manga in Volume 2, possibly. I know it is definitely mentioned later on in the manga itself anyway. But uh, people that arrive from other worlds generally have strong abilities sure so that helps him and then the cave he's in because this is veldor's prison effectively it's actually just rammed full of magical energy so when rimuru actually forms in this world he has a lot more magic than most more than a typical slime for example yeah none of that is explained the the veldor stuff like in leap passing that magic is it but there are references to other people yeah. although Veldora's like nah i never seen one of those and then he's like here's the person who, who captured me and i'm like uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> no he says he's never seen anyone being reincarnated into the world i think they've seen other world as people who have been brought in from a different world okay which we'll touch on later because that's relevant I interpreted that as he's never he's seen people reincarnated, but never as a slime. They've always been uh, it, it might also people. it might also be that yeah he's never seen anyone reincarnate as a slime specifically, or he's never seen anyone reincarnate e either or. Yeah, it's it, it's a fairly minor point I think. But after this whole thing goes down, there's uh, just like a period of essentially shotgunning abilities 
at the at the reader because they figure out a a way to essentially cheat the system and break dragon whose name i've already forgotten Eldora. yep uh thank you they they because he's uh, break him out of the prison he's currently trapped in because he's trapped in by some magic seal or a, something a, a, a magical skill basically infinity magical prison but for the record he's not technically broken out yeah not not at the he's moment, in no. the slime within the prison if that makes yeah. sense yeah so because yeah the way um they decide to circumvent this is because the slime can leave so he then asks would you like me to eat you and then i can walk out and he's like yeah sounds like I, sounds like a great idea mm, 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 no not quite right here mike I, I i do a better explanation then so the point is veldora's trapped so it's like oh well how can we free you and it's like well you can't you've got to break this skill and it's like i've been thinking of a way for like I think Veldor has been there for 300 years, I think he says. He's, he's not figured anything out. He says, there's no way to do it. So Rimuru talks to his great sage skill, and it's like, yeah, okay, you can do it, but we're going to have to analyse the skill, but to do that, you've got to eat Veldora so he can analyse it from his end, and you can analyse it from your end. And then Rimuru's just like, yeah, cool, we can break you out, but I'm going to need to eat you. And Veldor's just like, fuck it, let's do it. Sounds great. Sure. Like, all right, fine, he agrees to it, but why doesn't he then... I never got why he didn't just spit him out again afterwards, and... Because they've not that, figured out how to break it yet. That, that's the whole point, they're, they're analysing it still, in the background thing. Okay, because this is a thing I didn't get, that um, why would he not just... A, why would he not just spit him out again when he was outside? And B, why is he weirdly okay with that? <laughs> I mean, the dragon's probably okay with it because this is his best shot at getting out. But... Yeah, well, again, this is something that comes up a little bit in this like little bonus chapter. Is It's basically Veldora's realised he can't get out and effectively at some point in the indeterminate future he will effectively just die and reincarnate himself as all dragons do. Whereas going along with Rimuru, he has a chance to be free, maybe. So he's like, yeah, fuck it, let's, let's try it. Sounds entertaining. Right, okay. And that, also, that... also, it's his BFF telling him to do it, Mike. Yeah. Yep. And so then begins the daring escape where they walk through the rusted door walk with no security. Yes. <laughs> like, why, why, this dragon who's a pillar of the world, one of well, four pillars of the world, and was locked up and is a big demonic influence, you know, eh, just stick him in that cave. <laughs> it, well, the door is rusted, so it's really hard to open. Ah, oh, damn. Need to Except, keep you know, immediately while the main character is considering how to break the door down, somebody just opens it. <laughs> yeah. Just yes. lets him out. I mean, in fairness, obviously the time, the exact time is ultra convenient, but it, it does make sense why people are now investigating. To be fair, it is implied after eating Veldori's wandering around the cave for a while. Like days, weeks, even. Yeah, and the reason that someone does come to investigate is because yeah. the magic seal has disappeared or some shit. No, basically, Veldora's Vel magic has disappeared. To like, oh, what the shit? That shouldn't. Oh happen. my god, that's the, what's one of the four pillars of the world's god. This is a crisis. Let's send three mooks. In you go. <laughs> it's yep. three mooks just to figure out what's going on. You might send more afterwards. <laughs> I feel you'd send someone like like a guild master or something if this is. As big a deal as they make it out to be. I mean, they haven't even established yeah. that guilds are a thing yet. The point is, you might imagine someone big 
like would be set out, not just free random adventures. At least send a particularly henched pench named goblin. Sure. I mean, we'll get to that. Goblins and mobs, Mike. They Those sure are evil. Are. <laughs> yep. They're, they're evil, except when they're not. And suddenly all of these are not anymore. We'll get to that, I guess. <laughs> they never were, Mike. <laughs> so goblins have never been said as being evil. It's just people being like... Just people being like, oh my god, it's a monster, kill it. Yeah. Oh, it's sure. People being racist, Mike. <gasps> How dare. It's racist speciest. That means... It's a race of people. Ist of some description. Not very nice. It's an istacon. Look, look, we tackled one of the isms last week. We've got to tackle another one this week. This man are back again. <laughs> I didn't expect that joke to make a comeback, but here we are. <laughs> humans are always a bit murder happy in these things. Yes. Yes, it's because... It's because humans are murder happy. For yeah, well, yeah, there, there is that, but uh, it's not specific to this manga, but in most manga, fantasy mangas... Humans are generally depicted as believing themselves to be the best race. Sure. I mean, this or is probably the most D&D &D isekai I've ever seen. Like, this is probably the closest to D&D &D I've ever seen in a uh, manga form. Sure. So, yeah, you could probably just draw a lot of parallels there. How can this be D&D? &D? They don't even have stat blocks, Mike. Well, as far as the characters are concerned, neither do they in D&D. Yeah, the fact they don't spend uh, many, many panels describing everybody's stats over and over again is, is kind of a blessing. So I'm okay yeah, with you, that. You have, you have like the odd panel when he gets a new skill to be like, here's this skill he got. But yeah, that, that, that happens about a lot. It. Yeah, like at least, at least they, we don't have to argue about inconsistent numbers and levels and shit. Yeah, yes, the, there is no such thing as a level. That's good. <laughs> I mean, I've got no problem with... This doesn't get bogged down with video game trappings, as it were, like a lot of Isekai can do. I've actually got no, no problem with that appearing in Isekai. It's when it's not kept internally consistent that is an issue. Because at that point, why even bother having it at all? I think my main problem with that sort of thing is, in a lot of the ones I read, it is... And we've talked about it before with some of the series we've read, is it's just meaningless. Yeah, this was one of the issues we had with solo leveling. It's like, ah, oh, great, he's got this stat, and, and the number's bigger. Great. i sure. It's a shortcut to showing more levels of power. It is, but at the same time, you could also just say, you could shortcut it even more and just be like, oh no, he's a rank A. You could. Whatever. Yeah, ultimately, these, stat block. these things never really, like... I get why they put them in, but they, yeah, they never pay. I mean, even like DB Dragon Ball Z back in the day, very quickly mm, went. The power levels. power levels are stupid. Let's just abandon those. I, I will argue that they were always meant to be stupid. That was the point of them. I, maybe. I don't think they were. I okay, maybe not originally. Started, I think when they got to Freezer, they were like, this is dumb. Why are we still doing this? Yeah, I think after Freezer, they kind of went, mm, yeah, power levels are just a bit pointless now well, the the creator of it has been quoted in interview mike i'm gonna test you here name him i do know it, but i said the creator because it slipped my mind currently oh no <laughs> only one of the most famous man i know that's time. why i definitely know it <laughs> anyway the saying mike no that's gonna bother me forever okay i'll try and think of it i'm not gonna google it i will try and remember it um okay. but yeah, um, he has been quoted as saying the whole point of power levels is that they were meaningless because the enemies always kept using them to 
try and judge a power level and the the protagonists were always able to overcome them despite that and they were able to hide them so they were pointless well they, they were always meant to be meaningless as a a crutch for the enemies to rely on rather than as a supposed to be like a vague idea of like how powerful people have become I, yeah but... i can i can see what yeah. you're saying but also at the same time this is the same person who forgot various forms of super sound existed that do, yeah that does happen I can't think of his fucking name. The only thing I can think of is Tight Kubo, and I know that's definitely Bleach. No, no, Mr. Bleach is not. No, like, it's the only thing my brain can come up with, and I know it's wrong. It is wrong. And then I'm thinking of Hideo Taka Miyazaki, which is also definitely wrong. (laughs) Also definitely wrong. I couldn't even tell you. Is that the Souls guy, I'm guessing? That's the Souls guy, yeah. Right. You're not even in the right industry Yeah, I know. (laughs) Is it Hideo Kojima? Japanese names at this point, Mike. (laughs) Famous, like, my, my brain is going through a Rolodex. Yes, I said Rolodex. That's how old it is. Of, like, Japanese you famous can't names. It out. Okay, I'm more no, impressed gonna... that, like, you went with Rolodex, because I assume you've never had a Rolodex, Mike. No, but that's what my brain feels like right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I, I definitely know this. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google it. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> wow. Oh, Mike. Wait, no. Okay, I, I kind of know the Dragon Ball Z abridged like copyright thing at the beginning. Right, right. Okay. Okay. You can do this. It is in there. This manga is a trademark of blankety blank. To- toy me. animation. Yeah. And... Yeah. Oh. Oh. Is he going to get it? No, I'm not. <laughs> I support the official release. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, copies of uh, our properties of this toy animation and <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is a fan made parody dragon ball z dragon dragon ball dragon ball z and dragon ball gt oh <laughs> fuck no i can't do it <laughs> akira toriyama yes nailed it in the end akira toriyama oh that's the only thing we have to think about for weeks now <laughs> Burn my brain out. Proud of you, buddy. Oh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> That's just replaced my partner's birthday or something in my brain. That's not important. Nah, that's that's not going to backfire. Oh, wait, it'll be their birthday. And you're like, happy birthday, Akira. <laughs> <laughs> Did you remember my birthday? No, but Akira Toriyama made Dragon Ball. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so I'm so glad I got that in the end. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's probably a good thing there aren't power levels in combat, because it's not like... The combat is pretty much one-sided Goomba stomps for the few times it does happen. Yeah, I mean, do you mean in this or in Dragon Ball? <laughs> it, both. Either. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. <laughs> in Dragon Ball, they... I mean, yeah, it is back and forth, but they take turns in being the powerful one. <laughs> yeah. So, sure. But yeah, in, in this it is kind of or very one-sided. At one point, he fights an army of wolves, and they're like, oh man, I bet, the- how will I help the goblins? And he just beats them single-handedly. Uh, yeah, again, this is something that comes up in this little bonus chapter in the book, where you have Veldora being like, yeah, you know, he's already pretty strong. Uh, by the time he leaves the cave, like he's already powerful enough to defeat most monsters. Yeah. Like, he does this. He Goomba stomps. 
uh, some random humans later on in a flashback in another thing that drives me mad, but that's hardly exclusive to this manga where they start mm-hmm. the chapter like after what happens in the flashback, but then they flash back to that and then they go back to the present. And it's like, why not just have this in order? Why not just flash back to a week ago when you were still alive? <laughs> and then, but then most annoyingly, he Goomba stomps Ifrit, which is really stupid. Yeah, like he he one basically one sidedly beats the only real threat he faces. Yeah, and that's a little built, who they have somewhat built up as like yeah, this is like a legendary hero's power source basically. Yeah, and he just stomps it. Oh, you say built up? They build it up moments before it actually happens. You want to say I don't feel like there was that much build up. More build up than what a lot has had to that point. I'll give you that much. Mostly because it's not difficult. Not a lot of stuff gets built up in this. It's mostly just this is a thing. Okay, we've dealt with it. This is a thing. We've dealt with it. And it just it moves yeah. on. At, like, we've talked about glacial pace before. This is whatever the opposite of that is. Because yeah, this uh this moves very quickly. Unnecessarily yeah. so, I would say. Like cha- like you generally have like two to three chapters for like a mini arc and then it's on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, and we barely even give a thought for what happened beforehand. Like he saved a bunch of miners, like um, he saved a bunch of blacksmiths and brought them, and then within a chapter or two, it's like, yeah, they're there, I guess. Yeah, they're not the focus anymore, so don't don't need to remember them. Because at least for the time we read this, it's essentially him just building his own country. <laughs> that is essentially what the manga is. It's yeah. less about him fighting and things it it's about the politics and him building his nation and city and that far like really what he does is he becomes reincarnated as a slime which is fine and all and then immediately starts collecting things and people that's all he does more long term rather than the two volumes we've read okay fair enough because long term it's him setting up a nation and to be fair this manga does regularly show like a more passive path than just like in a lot of isekai where it's just I'm the world's strongest, I'll beat up everyone until I've solved all the problems of the world. <laughs> so, you know, obviously we were saying like he, he escapes, he helps some goblins and things and then makes everyone make friends. But then he actually says like, oh, I've got like three rules, which is basically like, don't, don't fight. Also, don't fight humans because he likes humans because he used to be one. So it's very much like he's trying to be peaceful. He doesn't want to fight. He just wants to find a place to live and be comfortable. And that's essentially what it becomes. It's him building a nation he is happy of where everyone can live happy and freely and not get murdered. You know, normal stuff. He wants to live a lazy life, so he puts all the pieces in place so the world won't try to kill him and he can live a lazy life. Yeah, and all the while he's just absorbing abilities from every single direction, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants, whenever the fuck he wants. Yes, but I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> he is also given the mimic ability very early on. In fact, I think he starts with it technically. Just I think that's yeah, that's implied to be like a slime thing rather than yeah, like he's a straight up ditto, and that's fine. And like, I guess that is fine. That's a standard slime thing in this sort of shtick, which is probably why Ditto is the way he is in the first you place. You also just see him sort of shaping himself a bit anyway. Like, we we call him a round blob, because that's usually how he's depicted, but he is amorphous. He can stretch and 
Yeah. All sorts. Well, I mean, as I say, it only happens right at the end of what we ran, but essentially what you see at the end, Mike, is the form that Rimuru takes for most of the stuff going forward at this point. Yeah, I thought that's where they were going yeah. with this, because at, at the very, very beginning, before even... Very, gets, very like, yes, the, the opening pages. Isekai'd, he has like a dream or something where he sees this other world, which is also... Classic, gotta flash forward to like 100 chapters in the future. And then... Like, sure. Uh, you could argue, you could ask how the hell he's getting visions of this other world he's about to be reincarnated into, but whatever. That's a, that's a whole conversation about fate and determinism and the the god in the machine and shit, which I'm not willing to get into right now. I mean, fate clearly exists in this world, considering the whole fated one bit that we go through yes. later. Sure, but there's like he flashes forward and then he sees um this image of a person, and I thought that. When he became a slime, that's like the first thing he was going to do is like, I'm I'm a slime, but I'm also humanoid. But it actually takes them a very long time to get to that point. And even when they are at that point when he's crafted his own humanoid form, he still kind of prefers to just be a blob a lot of the time. Yeah. The, so this thing, like, you do see him in that humanoid form a lot going forward, but you do also regularly see him just as a blob. Yeah. Like, I, I would say it's fairly 50-50 after that point. The humanoid one becomes basically a point of convenience for when interacting yeah. with races and civilizations yeah. that are like, oh my god, a slime, kill it. Yeah, it's, you You find normally when he's like in the city, in his city, he tends to just go around as a slime because everyone knows who he is, basically. Mm-hmm. But when going outside, he goes in a humanoid form because then people are less likely to just go, oh my god, a slime, let's murder it. Or try to, anyway. So it's just like a convenience. Uh, I was surprised I didn't think of this at the time. What, right. he, he absorbs a bat, essentially, or a bat-like creature, so he can speak. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why does he not just fly? Shut up, that's why. Because he's had no need to fly? I, I, I feel there are times where flying would be useful. In, in the two volumes we've read. At any point, traveling really. Well, bear in mind the only time he's been traveling, he was with other people. I, he he does um, can't fly. Befriend, I will say. Let's let's say befriend a pack of wolf giant wolf demons. Yes, they they join his his country. He, he kills their alpha, up. so they follow him now. <laughs> he does a little bit of murder first. Yeah, that does happen, and then. So most of his travel is done on the backs of these on things. On the backs of them, yeah. Which are apparently inhumanly fast. That's because he's now imbued his power into them. God, yeah. We haven't actually discussed the whole naming thing yet. <sighs> yeah, go, go on then, because we kind of glossed over it a bit. So apparently monsters in this world don't have names by default. For mm-hmm. some reason. This actually is never explained as far as I'm aware. I mean, in fairness, that's... Not like I don't walk into a goblin camp and expect everyone to be named. So you expect maybe oh one. Oh God, of I'm the racist. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you expect like the boss to be like not yeah. Tug the Gorge Swallow. Yeah, that, that's kind of thing. Like I would expect them to name each other or something. Like there's no reason they wouldn't. It, it makes life convenient. There's a reason we give each other names because it's easy to communicate. We do. Well, yes. But hummingbirds don't. I'm assuming. Well, no, but hummingbirds also don't have like proper houses and shit well according to one movie i saw uh cats in fact have three names they have their human given name Um, they have their 
If you say the word Jellicle, I swear (laughs) to God. (laughs) I'm glad I've not seen that film. Have you seen a cat's butthole? (laughs) I have not. Oh, wow. Okay, damn. Okay. I have constantly. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, own a cat one day, you see what will. No, I'm I'm good. Uh, Complete tangent. Watch the cat's movie. It's a fucking train wreck. Complete tangent. No, I'm good, thanks. Don't. I saw the theatrical cut before they fixed it, the unpatched version. Oh, you saw the butthole cut. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> it was so oh, bad. And now we know why you get the adverts you do, Mike. <laughs> it's not, I'll have you know, it's not all right. the adverts, it's random Twitter suggestions. Which are rats, yes. Oh, fucking hell, yep. I get That's a based on your... amount of furry content. Yes. And I do, at least in part, blame this podcast. I, I don't what? get them. Yeah, I... They're I'm... like, you look at them Japanese cartoons. Here, um, have some furry porn. Yeah, do you know what I get, Mike? What do you get? I just get anime pictures. I don't get furry yeah. porn. I feel I said too in much. In fact, right? actually, do you know what I get at the moment? I what specifically get, get VTubers from Hololive. Because I follow VTubers from Hololive. Duh, what a weeb, am I right? <laughs> there is no furry shit on my Twitter feed. Let, let's, let's distract from my apparent latent furry fetish with the fact that Phil's a weeb. <laughs> I, just, I just get like wrestling and stuff in my ads, Mike. So. Yeah. You get manly, sweaty men grabbing each other. Yeah. Oh, that actually sounds better. <laughs> I'm down for that. Stop with the furry shit, Twitter, please. I'm not judging people who like furry shit. I just don't. Stop clicking on it, Mike. I need to click on it to make it go away. No, I, you don't. I, I, I'm not into furry shit. I mean, my you know stream avatar is a, a panda, but I'm not into furries. <laughs> oh, you're talking you know? about me? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Kevin. Kev, yeah, Kevin, my 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 mascot, my stream mascot. He is. I'll have you know, he is a panda berry, half panda, half tomberry. Oh, sorry, that changes everything. Is my persona? What are you going to do about it? He is my son. My first son. Wow, does your significant other know? Oh. <laughs> I'd have to assume so by now. I, the fact I that I'm hope. the fact that I made her dress up as it the other night. <laughs> well, this is going down the road. Uh, let's go back to slime. How about that? <laughs> Weirdly, that's the less weird option. <laughs> I will say there is a there is a bit of lewdness in this, but it's go, go on, elaborate, enlighten me. Well, there's a point where he's in a big city and he goes to an elf cafe, <laughs> essentially, sure. or an elf bar or something like that. It's, and it's a he's bar got... with elf hostesses. Yes, yeah, and he's trying really hard with all his might to use his skill to sense things. Yeah, to like, he actually straight up says he's trying to see through their clothes. Yeah. But he can't for some reason. Because they're that high level, Mike. Yeah, I, I would assume it's elf magic, but there's never when actually. You, when, you, when you work in the magical brothel, you have magical protection. Oh, sure. Like, you don't want to be giving away free shows, you know? Yeah. Also, it's not a brothel. Is that, uh, I, I will point out then, because I don't know if the version you guys read had this. When he's actually like, oh my god, there's, there's elves. He's like, no, wait. They're more like, I'm just going to read the acronym out, because I don't okay. know how you pronounce this. E-I-L-Fs. Vilfs. Oh, elves I'd like to fuck. Oh, yes. E-E. 
Elf for Etchy. E for Elves, Mike. E for Erogenous. Uh, yes. the, the one we read didn't have that, but I must say not. that is 10 out of 10 translation. Uh, thank 10 you, it, it is. It's also, um, I'm pretty sure, you know, kids would read this and they'd probably be like, I, I don't get it. But they wouldn't know what it meant. They'd just be I like, know they oh, wouldn't okay. know what it meant, but then... <laughs> Mom, what's the <laughs> just... deal? <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, I... why, why would you even put that in? I t... Don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed the joke, but... I have no idea why this has triggered this memory, but the other thing I was trying to remember from that Dragon Ball Z abridged copyright Fuji TV, that's the other thing that's licensed it. Licensed, licensed yes. Dragon Ball Z. Who wrote Dragon Ball again, Mike? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <can't worry> <laughs> okay, there it. we go. It's still there. <laughs> it's okay, my, my partner will not have a birthday next year, it's fine. Uh, but yes, I, th- th- there was nothing about him trying to see through the elf girl's clothes on. In um, my version. Fair, oh, okay. I completely forgot that one because when you said the loop bit, I thought you were referring to the bit at the very end where he is now using his <laughs> doppelganger to transform into himself. And he's oh, like, ah, what well. if I was more masculine? Ah, what if I was more feminine? Oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> that does yes. happen, yeah. Um, it, the only bit of ludens I was going to refer to in this scene is there's a part where he, as a in his slime form, is being picked up and rubbed on multiple buxom okay, elf yes. women a lot yes. and clearly enjoying it and he's even left his goblin uh bodyguard companion whatever outside to guard the place Obada. yeah sure and left him outside to stand guard and the guy's really upset about it and it's like okay all right of course he is he he wants to go he wants to go to the titty bar and weirdly yeah. this scene is actually plot relevant i, I yeah <laughs> it is this is also where you see the closest thing we have to a antagonist in the first volume and a half uh sure yeah i guess yeah uh the villain of this like mini arc of like two whole chapters i guess yeah who then immediately gets humbled at the end of it and it's like (laughs) oh okay the implication is he'll turn up again later at some point but i vaguely recall he does from the anime but phil would be the expert there He he does yes to be fair, it's part relevant for multiple reasons then, because it also starts to set up for the whole fated person arc. Yeah. yeah, and actually, this is also where the impetus for the um, for the blacksmith to join them is as well. Yeah. So this is like weirdly a heavily plot relevant scene, which involves him rubbing on the big titty elf ladies. The blacksmiths <laughs> join him essentially because they get thrown out. Yeah. Well, they join him because basically the whole point is this antagonist is a minister in the dwarven nation where they've gone. Mm-hmm. And basically, in front of the king, he's basically gone like, "Oh, this blacksmith can't make you twenty magical swords in a week or however long it is." And yeah, he that, was right. They could. He, he was right. <laughs> Shock, gasp. Hmm. It's uh, you do also have like a little. Rimuru has like a little internal monologue where he's like, "Uh, you know, maybe if that minister's a bad guy, he might even have just bought up all the materials, which is why he's having trouble making them." Cause that's why he's having trouble making all the swords because he's yeah. not got the materials. And then Rimuru shits out the magical swords as discussed earlier because he ate yeah, some magic he rocks. Do that, yeah. Yeah. And like, oh my god, you're you're our savior because he's literally made them the swords they need in time. So they go out to celebrate. The minister appears and is like, "Oh, how dare this establishment host a slime!" <laughs> Throw some water on him, and then the blacksmith's just like, "Nah, fuck that. I'm a p- 
punched the guy because uh, yeah, uh, you missed well, step. he threw water on the slime which was being held it was actually uh, sitting in the lap of sit, sitting in the lap of one of the elves yes yes the big titty elf ladies yes yes so she also got covered in water or whatever he was drinking yeah well that. It, it mainly got the slime and he removed like oh did, i'm fine but did you dress get work kind of thing Mm. Yeah, so just, it's it's important, you know. Plot yeah. relevant. Plot, plot relevant details. Perfect, perfect sure. gentleman. Perfect yeah. gentleman. Yeah. Who was trying <laughs> to look for their clothes? <laughs> to be yes. fair, I, I, one thing I actually did like is before this little altercation happens is um, obviously the it is like a hostess bar, mm-hmm. effectively. So the pouring Rimuru drinks like, but wait, you you can't taste. And he's like. Oh, but everything tastes great when it's nice, pretty women pouring it for you. Like, oh, you smooth talking. On a smooth guy. How, how were you a virgin? Smooth talking slime. It's like, ah, uh, I, I like that. I, mean, I actually like this protagonist. I, I totally get why he, why he like won awards and shit. Like he, he's, he's charismatic. R- River, I don't think River is the greatest protagonist ever, but he is a nice protagonist, and it also helps that at least in these two volumes. There are no other real main characters. That does help. Yeah. Like, there are characters who are relevant for an arc, as in, like, two chapters or so, but then they kind of all just fade into the background. Uh, yeah, a lot of them are fairly background characters. Some of them are fairly recurring, so... I know Gobbiter comes back a lot. Yeah, you've got Gobbiter, who's a bit of a mascot character. You have, the joke, um... yeah. <laughs> yeah, the joke. You have um... Rigard, I think it's called, or Rigardo. I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't bother writing his name down. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm not looking it up because it's it's not we're not mentioning him in any great detail. Yeah. But the the leader of the goblins, basically, the elder who the the old guy who after getting named and receiving his evolution to a hobgoblin along with all the other goblins became buff AF. Oh man, we haven't even got to evolutions yet. It's because we started talking about naming, and then we went on a tangent about Mike's furry fetish. <laughs> Are we talking about evolutions? <laughs> sure. You have the three adventurers, they come up again and again. That's the thing. These are like a, a revolving cast of more background characters, with yeah. the possible exception of Gobbleter and his wolf friend, but that's more of a mount. And also Verizon the dragon, whatever his name was. Uh, Veldora. Veldora is, I will say, fairly not mentioned for a while. Yeah, I, dist- I vaguely recall from the where I stopped in the anime, they pretty much got to a point and they're like, oh, right, freeing him, should do that some <laughs> point now. Yeah, that, that's actually part of the reason I actually like the physical books, because as I say, you do get Veldora's point of view at the end of each of them, so you do get Veldora, which is great. Definitely sounds like a cool Omaki compared to a lot of what you get. And, and, and then you get Ifrit after two as well, so you get Veldora and Ifrit playing Shogi or something. <laughs> So, yeah, we did sort of touch on naming a bit. So, for some reason, monsters don't have names. Don't know why. They just don't. But apparently, giving someone a name imbues some of your magical energy into them. Mm-hmm. Which can cause some of them to evolve into higher races. So, the example is goblins become hobgoblins. I think we haven't really mentioned either is, like, the first thing, essentially the first thing that protagonist does as soon as he gets out of as soon as he gets out of the cave after eating Veldora the Explorer is he he happens across some goblins, befriends them, and is like, right, this this is this is my people now. 
<laughs> These are my peeps, yes. The majority, and then eventually more goblins join. And they, they join this little nation that he's building, of nation of goblins that he's building. So the majority yeah. of like the background characters are just goblins because at this point, yeah. Those are like who he's befriended on the way. It's the start of a very long list of people he just makes friends with. And yeah. I mean he makes friends by saying, I'm basically your messiah. No, to be fair, what happens is he escapes from the cave. The goblins are like, who the fuck's this scary motherfucking slime? Because he's an exuding an aura of power. Sure. He's exuding Veridora's aura. So um... Yeah, it's his, well, it's his magical power. And because, yeah, because he's eaten Veldoran and been named by Veldora, it's like, oh shit, he is the strongest person for a good distance. So they're like, yeah, please don't murder us. And he's like, oh, no, wait, oh, shit, sorry, let me, like, lowers his power level, as it were. So over 9,000, yep. Over 9,000? No, it's under 9,000 now. Over 8,000, got you. Right, right, yeah. But then they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're being attacked by the wolves, ah. And he's like, ah, yeah, sure, fine, I'll help you. And then, yeah, then he helps them. Then the wolves join him because... After he kills their leader, he was like, I'll give you the choice. You can either die or you can follow me. Hoping he was just going to scare them off, basically. Mm -hmm. And they just immediately go, fuck it, we'll follow you. Yep, and that's the second enemy clan, race, family, whatever, that he absorbs into, I'm going to call it what it is, an army. <laughs> He's building an army. Uh, sure. Then the, the key reason to join said army is... He can give you more power than you can possibly imagine. He'll give you a free name. Like, why give wouldn't you a free name? I mean, he gives you a name, and that makes you buff AF, apparently. Well, I mean, uh, that's. I, I'm always conflicted on that because I think it's cool that you get a name and then you become like a more evolved yeah. version. But I know for, so, for some of the designs, like Ranga, Ranga becomes really cool looking when he evolves and all that. Mm -hmm. But I know um, you won't have got to this, Mike, but I know I've. Mentioned this to Phil way back it's when the like anime the next it. volume. Yeah, when he meets another bunch of orcs. I want to say they're orcs. He meets in the next volume. Ogres, I think they are. Ogres, okay. And he evolves them, and they go from really cool, interesting designs to generic anime girls and boys, but with a different skin color. <laughs> so yeah, they, they were already pretty humanoid, but yeah, they did definitely have. Yeah. Like the the girls become very kawaii, and it's like no, yes. they were better before. No, stop, go back. It's like evolving, but backwards. Yeah, yeah. The the girls all become super pretty and whatnot. The guys all become incredibly shonen, you know. Yeah, it was just like it was a disappointing. But like, I was like, no, I like them as they work, and they go back. Yeah, not not everyone has that happen, but yeah, the main cast tends to be more humanoid. Because, yeah, the, um, the the goblins that he named, they, they have there's a bit of a random effect to them. Like, some of them yes. become big and muscular and others get, like, other skills, I imagine. The one that still gets me is how the old man leader becomes just a buff <laughs> I guy. Love <laughs> I love it. I love his design. <laughs> yeah. Sure, but he loses the beard, he loses, like, all of his defining traits. He, he is just, like, really frail old man, and then he just turns into this Big, muscly, burly dude. It's just like I don't, I don't mind the whole power in a name thing. I mean, not only is that um, that, that that's actually a thing across multiple. Yeah, it it is. A thing. I don't mind it conceptually, but it is also just another cheap way to make 
think because he has no issue giving these out like the issue yeah. is oh no i gave out like a hundred i passed out for a day so here's the thing so obviously the first time he does it he doesn't even realize what the big deal is he's like it, it's a name why why would there be a problem with me giving you names and you know as soon as he's done he like falls unconscious for three days because he's expended all his magical energy which is bad sure and then yeah he just keeps doing it in the future when more people appear and he's like yeah fine line up i'll give you names yeah i like the way that you find this out though because it goes from he names a bunch of goblins then he passes out for three days and then when he wakes up again they've gone from what i can only describe as dumpy looking children to fully formed quite attractive adults and like i don't know how quickly this happened but in that three days, you get furry stuff, says Mike. <laughs> I will point out that goblins are not furry. They're okay. not. Okay. But you still want to bang one, apparently. They're not scaly. G- gre- greeny? Would I be a greeny then? Is that like green skin people? I, I don't know. I know what is that racist? <laughs> Whatever you call your fetish, man, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, then. I, I'll come up with a list. It must be at least this green. You must be at least this green to write. Oh. Oh. <laughs> where, where does the Hulk rank on that scale, Mike? <laughs> Unachievable goals. There's, there's a reason why when we went to see Avengers, Mike sat separately from us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sit in the splash zone. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Talking about being a liquid slime. Okay. Uh... I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind the idea behind, like, naming Grant's power or anything, it's just I don't understand why monsters don't have names but humans do as a default. I'm guessing that's more of a layover from video game logic because like when you go yeah, into a pro- game probably. Like, like don't get me wrong I, I understand the logic behind it, it's just it would be nice if there was some in-world explanation as to why that's the case, why can't why, why can people give each other names without problems but monsters can't Magic. Uh, probably. Yes, exactly magic. That's it's, it's probably just, right. yes, monsters don't have enough magic. Humans have innate magic bollocks. And, uh... Yes, yeah, probably. But it's, it'd be nice if it was at least just like a panel where it's like, but why don't monsters have names in Great Sage? It's just like, because magic bullshit. Shut up, that's why. <laughs> yeah, basically. Actually, saying that, this is actually something I'd like I, I feel like the anime does a bit better because it can afford to take the time to do so is the Great Sage skill. You sure. do get it a little bit in the manga, but in the anime, they actually have a bit more of a... I'm going to use the word personality loosely here. Okay. But they they do sort of like sass Rimuru a bit. Hmm. Which you do kind of get a little bit of There's allusions the to that in the manga, but yeah, it's never properly formed, whereas the anime... With both more time and the fact that words don't take up space yeah, on the screen. Basically. Well, it's, it's like in, in the anime, yeah, I remember there's, I can't remember what it is, like, Rimuru does something and the great sage just clicks their tongue, for example, just like, ugh. And he's like, but, but, why, why are you sassy, mate? Why, why, why are you so sassy? Sassy narrator god. Gotta love it. It's like in, um, I love it in uh, Hades, the game, as well. You get a sassy yes. narrator there, which breaks the fourth wall all the time. I, I do love the conversations between uh, Hades, between uh, Zagreus and the narrator. Mm-hmm. They're pretty great. 
Oh, I didn't know, didn't actually know Hades had that. I know Bastion has that a lot. But... Yeah. Well, Bastion's narrative tangent, but Bastion's narrator is actually a character in the game, whereas yes. Hades one isn't. It's just a disembodied voice <laughs> it's, which Hades talks to. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird. That is a, it's a true narrator god voice, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's credited as something. Maybe just the narrator, but probably mythology. It's weird, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I do like the characterization they've got on the old Sage ability, but I yeah, I'd like a bit more, I suppose. So it's good that they do. Yeah, it I, I think they get anyway. a bit more later on in the manga, from what I remember. But yeah, because you gotta love a sassy narrator. But uh, where where were we? Well, I suppose the only the only arc we haven't really talked about at this point then is um she's the, the last arc. one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the one that just pops up out of nowhere and then goes away even faster. Okay, out of nowhere is a bit cruel. They do set this one up a little bit more than others. <laughs> a little bit. They go, "Who's your fated person? It's this person," and you're like, "I think that's the one who trapped Ferodora, maybe?" Question mark. And then, uh, yeah, they just show up in a chapter or two later. Because gotta get through this very fast. No, no breaks on the string. The pacing of this is very fast. Yeah. I suppose it's a blessing, but yeah. so I think the reason for it is obviously it's based on light novel, and I think they knew roughly where they think the story really starts to kick in, and they kind of want to get there a little quicker, maybe. So they're just sort of glossing over a lot of this early stuff because it's not necessarily massively important. Yes, but you do get the sense that sometimes it is just maybe skipping ahead a bit to that. Like with the Shizu arc, for example, one of the things they try and establish throughout it, and they have beats around it, is that Shizu has made uh, firm friends with the uh, three random adventurers we saw earlier on. And yeah. that's fine. I've got no problem with that. But like at the end, it's like, oh, we're so emotional. God, that you're lost. And we're like, she's been on page for like a chapter or two. Like, I don't really have this connection, and I, as far as I can tell, you've only been together for a week. <laughs> yeah, obviously we don't, but they've been adventuring for... Not long. No, not not long, but we don't know how long, because it was basically she joined them on this trip, and the way they're talking about it, it sounds like she's helped them a lot in that time. As far as I could tell from like judging timelines, it's only been like a week or so they've been together. like Enough to like form an attachment, but not enough to be like heartbroken when they die <laughs> it doesn't help that this is clearly quite a complex character you get quite a lot of backstory and a lot of motivation behind what they do and you get a lot of uh, their trials and you get a lot of their their feelings on certain stuff and how they got here and all that you get a lot of that but her entire presence in the story is two chapters it's more than two chapters yeah, it's just very, very compressed. Well, let me put this, I'm, I'm holding volume two in my hand. Mm -hmm. The Shizu stuff starts maybe a fifth of the way into the volume and continues for the rest of it. So it's most of volume two. It's just very, very compressed because you, you learn her entire backstory, her entire motivation, her entire uh, negative side, as it were, and then you get the entire climax of that all within a very short space of time. And then the character's just gone. Like, just gone. Like, she, she actually dies at the end of this. And, yeah, it's, it's just a lot in a very short space of time. And if you're not connected to the character because you don't have time, how, how do you believe that other characters are? And it just makes it... It takes you out of the story a bit when it's that compressed. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think you're supposed to be sad about her dying though, is the thing. Like that was never the implication I got. Like it's supposed to be a sad moment, but I don't think we as the reader are supposed to be like, oh no, not Chizu. Well they show River as being like kind of torn up about it, so I think you are meant to be sad as a reader, <sighs> considering that's your point in essentially. Bear in mind for Rimuru, though, so we've not mentioned it, but Shizu is actually another worlder. She comes from yeah. Japan. So for him, this is someone from his, not only his home world, his home country, because she's from Japan. Yeah, it's also heavily implied that, um, it's heavily implied that she's from one of the nuclear bomb sites during World War II. I don't know about nuclear bomb, but yes, definitely from one yeah, of the wars. Yeah, she's, she's from a war. I don't think nuclear because she wouldn't be alive. So in that particular case, it's... It's, it's a flame bombing of some description. Yes, the, the place she lives is on fire. And that begins like a really weird overcomplication of what could have been a simpler story. Like, I get why, because they need to get a bunch of beats in. But it's like, in that entire, like, four or five page conversation but like yeah uh my hometown went on fire and it was like oh okay so you died and that's why you had the flame powers no 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 no. i i survived that then i got summoned so who knows if i actually died or not in the earth world summoned by the demon lord who was like you're a failure so then he merged a flame spirit ifrit into me yeah and there you go. Yeah. But it's actually a curse more than a blessing. And I have a mask for some reason. And there's a lot going on with this character that you could have. I get why, because they need to cover all these beats and show that these are all things that can happen. But you could have simplified it a bit. The way I interpreted all of this was so she was. I mean, I thought again it was one of the nuclear bomb sites. I mean, it, it could be. It could be. But... Yeah, because the. Because uh, she mentions. She mentions how her um, her entire city was in flames, and then she gets at some point she gets flashbacks. She's the protagonist's um, memories of the past world, and like, oh my god, it's all been rebuilt, and look how good it is. And so it implies that there was like mass scale destruction, which is why I'm going with one of the nukes. Yes. So, and then from that, she's like, she was she survived somehow, but she was also summoned by this guy. Which again is weird. Why not just die and reincarnate? But he summoned the wrong person, so he was gonna walk away. Like, oh, what a failure! But then, like, on a whim's like, nah, here, have fire powers. <laughs> it's like, all right, fucking weird. Just for your sake, Mike, it was not one of the nuclear bombs because she's referring to it as the bombing of Tokyo. Okay, so it was Tokyo she saw up in flames. Right. Okay. And her hometown. So all right, and never mind then. So. The bombing of Tokyo, yeah, 1945, so yeah, World War Two. Okay. So, it, same war, wrong location. Wrong incident, I guess. Uh, wrong event. Yes. And so then this, this firepower that she's given is actually an infusion of the most powerful fire fairy in existence, which they decided to call Ifrit. And every so often... This power overtakes her and cause make cause her to be a, a a pillar of flame, a beacon of destruction, and wipe out everyone around. Which is the the main conflict of this arc that this is probably well, going it's, to happen. It's because again. if if it's trying to take control, yeah, and like she's also because of this, she's been able to like live for decades longer than she should have. But yeah. 
uh, because he's inside her. But yeah, it's just... it's hard to tell. I get. I thought the implication was sentries because I thought the implication was she was the one who trapped Veridora, but I don't think the timelines match up for that. So guess not. Just someone who looks very similar <laughs> trapped Veridora. It's just another level of complication, like you say. Yeah, like unnecessary. Because I think the implication is meant to be that, like, our time also applies here, as it were. Yeah, I, I think the implication is it flows parallel. So yeah, yeah, it's been like there's 70 years or so between the two reincarnations. I think maybe maybe that actually does solve an issue I was having then, because if they look exactly the same, the person that they meant to summon was the one that that trapped the door the dragon Dora. explorer so and they're like oh no i accidentally summoned this other person it looks exactly like them which is stupid but i guess i get where they're coming from from that then because otherwise that that fact kind of just stands out there in the middle of nowhere <laughs> it's like oh i just got summoned for some reason so i guess maybe that was the idea we obviously don't know who they were trying to summon us no we don't but maybe that's what they're going for maybe but we also yeah we don't really know much about the um hero either other than the very brief description that um Valdora gives us right at the start which is just like a petite woman with long black hair and a dainty figure or whatever and i've still no fucking clue why <laughs> i've no fucking clue why he's like oh i'm the wrong person actually have firepowers no fucking clue <laughs> shits and giggles it's the demon king mike he's crazy he no, but that's Lord. that's a step above crazy that's straight up random demon king leon because lol so random. when i think of demon kings leon it's the name <laughs> that comes to mind leon <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah it's random as hell i'm hoping that gets some sort of explanation because yeah, I it will so yeah here's here's things i know sean's saying he's a bit irked by there's all this stuff going on that's then just sort of swept away. I get why it's there, but it's a lot of complication you could have maybe just brought up later. But the thing is, it sets up a lot of stuff for later on, is the thing. So That is a thing. I, everything does seem to happen for a reason in this. Well, So, so it's like, for example, we, we brought up Demon Lord Leon Cromwell there. Uh, so at the, at the end of the second volume, Rimuru is basically like, Cool, I've got a goal in mind. I want to punch that guy in the face. Fuck him. Which, sure, why not? Yeah, sure. So that that's one of Rimuru's motivations now. But um, you also find out that Shizu's been teaching five kids, for example. They they come up. You, he knows there's these two other people uh, she was aware of that he also needs to find out about. They come up and things. Right, yeah. I'm kind of, So... In the Fated Person scene, again, maybe it's different in the official translation, but in the Fated Person scene, you see her with the five pupils, yeah, which is fine, but they never really explicitly say what the relationship is. But I have also have no problem with Rimuru extrapolating, well, they're probably people she's looking after or training. Yeah. But then it's like, what about these two? And I'm like, who? They've never shown up. <laughs> no, they've not, because he's basically he's absorbed her Oh, okay. So he's now got all of her... Right, I didn't realise that was a thing he also got. Yeah, during the fated scene, I just assumed it was a harem. You assumed Shizu had a harem of five kids? No, I assumed that was going to be his future harem. Oh, his future harem, right. Oh, you thought he was going to be like, you, they were all this fated person. He was going to yes. bang all of them. Right, right. Yes. okay. 
it's exactly where I thought that was going. And well, frankly, I've got enough evidence from other manga to suggest that's sure. still going to happen. Fair, fair. I, I, I didn't realize the whole absorption process also gave memories. I thought it was just powers and appearance. Yeah, it, it wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, does whatever the fuck we want. Sure. I mean, if you want to get into wibbly wobbly, does whatever the fuck you want. So she is possessed by Ifrit and then transforms into Ifrit, but yep. somehow he's able to eat Ifrit and then yep. that separates them. Yeah, yeah, that one's. Yeah, that one's I've got nothing on that one. Is it? Because I, I didn't know. Okay, I say kind of explain. I'm stretching that a bit. Please do, because I'd love to know how you got it. <laughs> because right at the beginning, when he first comes to the goblin, the goblin town, and he's like essentially becomes a miniature god for them, he one of the things he does is he heals all the sick by momentarily absorbing them and then spitting them out. But what he's actually doing is absorbing them, mixing them together with healing potion, and then spitting them out. And they do explain that. So I'm assuming that's just a thing in reverse where essentially he absorbed Ifrit. Absorbed the Ifrit aspect of her and left the well, rest of her He absorbed the whole thing and then just spat her out, is what I'm assuming. Okay, I can see that. Like, I, I'm guessing. I, like I say, it's very stretched. With, but... with, with like the goblins being healed, I always just took that to be he's covering them and then covering them in healing juice. Also possible. Instead like, of having the healing juice in a barrel, he just got. He, he just in. like covered yeah. them in it by air quote eating them. Yeah. So, like I say, it's kind of to make it clear for viewers as well. Like the reason he can't do that for um Shizu, Shizu, that's an entirely different character. I forgive you, Yona. Yeah. Uh, the reason he can't do that. No. Uh, the reason he can't do that for Shizu is because, as part of the possession, as we mentioned earlier, that kind of stopped her aging, and you can't healing potion. Well, it wasn't that it stopped her aging, it's that it let her live longer than a human should be able to. But also stopped it, it kept her, her It kept her young as well, <laughs> but yeah, as soon yeah. as Ifrit was as gone... As soon as that went away, some, it caught up. Yeah. yeah, it was like, oh wait, actually you're like 100 years old or whatever. Yeah, and uh, admittedly, I think that I thought the scene where she passes on essentially is kind of touching in a way, so... And then yeah. he eats her. And then he eats her. That's because that was her wish. Her wish was he carries on her legacy. And that's kind of sweet in a way. Like the whole fated person thing getting the payoff with. No, it's not that they're getting married or anything. It's that he essentially becomes her and carries on her will. <laughs> to be fair, he actually brings that up at the time when they're talking about the fated person. He's like, well, fated person doesn't necessarily mean like spouse or love interest. Because he's like, Veldora could be my fated person mm -hmm. because it was a fated meeting it was very important you're telling me he's gonna bang veldora later is that what oh, this man, is some I, shrek level <laughs> shit right here i, I mean oh, oh. if you see fate, uh, future veldora i mean why not have a slime dragon why why not have a slime dragon i mean uh, traditionally dragons can transform into people as well so that's true they they do have magical transformation powers so yeah why not a slime dragon actually makes weird amount of sense I mean, because he's genderless, Mike. Sorry, they're genderless, Mike. So Rimuru clearly couldn't bang anyone. Can't just they actually do into. explain this as well at yeah. one point. Yes, yes, it does come up when when he gets the ability to turn human. Although I'm guessing this was a translation fuck up because they said the process of him splitting off from himself and making a baby version himself was called fission, which <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's right. That's not what fission is. <laughs> fission, fission is splitting. Yeah, sure, but it's. That would be mitosis, surely. I, 
All right, and how many like ten-year-old Japanese kids know the word mitosis? I mean, no fission. Okay, but how many ten-year-old Japanese kids know what MILF is, Sean? No eel. Well, none because that's our translation, Phil. Not that. <laughs> All right, what ten-year-old? Okay, actually, probably a lot, but. <laughs> Oh dear! Like kid, that's the first thing kids learn. It's like the whole no, you can't. <laughs> the first kid, kids learn. First word is like milk. Point is, boy, everyone's always like, no, you can't show kids. It's like by ten years old, a kid will know pretty much every swear word, maybe bar the c one. No, they've they've played Fortnite. They know all of them. Okay, sure. Yeah, and probably invented several that we've not heard of yet because we're all bad. Oh, yeah. But definitely, yeah. Because these kids these days. I just always find that moment people are like, no, you can't swear in front of the kids and like they'll they'll know more than you. <laughs> sure, but maybe teach them how to use those words though. I can say there's there's a difference. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Like I appreciate that. But... Kids absorb everything like a sponge, including good parenting. <laughs> it it's a difference of like yes, sure, kids probably already know the swear words. It doesn't mean I'm not saying swear openly around them. No, <laughs> I'm just saying it's not the end of the world if they swear. Hey, little Timmy, can you say shitballs? Shitballs, Timmy? I mean, I think that pretty much covers pretty much all the plot stuff. Unless there was AP, I was saying we to bring up about any narrative elements. Not particularly. Uh, there isn't a whole... I mean, there, okay, there is narrative there, elements. I wouldn't say there's not a lot of plot. There's just... There, there is a lot of plot. It's just... It's a lot. It's a too much plot, actually, for the <laughs> amount of manga we've read i don't even know if it's too much plot it's it's just like been there gone tomorrow i get in one ear out the other in some ways so i i would say a lot of it all comes back around like i can't think of anything that's happened that doesn't come back up again in some point i agree with what either you or mike said earlier where everything feels like it has a purpose like i I agree with that it's just at the point we are at you don't really see that it's yeah. like I guess no, that's that's fine. I get weird that. comparison. I didn't think I was going to make. I guess it's like the early Steven Universe where you're just going from episode to episode and going like, "This is nice." What does any of it mean? And then it's a few seasons before everything is seeded, and then it's like, "Now we can build everything." Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that, as I say, this this sort of uh, this like him starting to form the city, the country, and whatnot, like the initial building blocks. I don't think he's even really got that as a plan at this point. It's more just, I want to defend the people around me. At at the moment, he's wanting to build a comfortable place to live. That's why he went to go recruit the dwarves. So, you know, they could build actual houses rather than mud huts that the goblins are currently living in. And you sort of see that towards the end where they've got slightly better living conditions. Yeah, well, one of the art, like when the cheesy stuff happens, they're moving from their shitty village to their shitty village. Yeah, Mm. like they're starting to in moving into like log cabins or whatever so you know that they're upgrading slowly the the point is it's like him gathering the people to make that possible at the moment yeah no no i get that we're still in the building phase as it were yeah it's just a shame that it's all very compressed with it does have plots in between but the plot lines are very very small and to the point where it's like it weirdly the plot feels more or sorry, it feels less relevant than the build up stuff. And then the build up stuff in that in that quantity is feels a little pointless in of itself. It's like it's this weird balance. It kind of works, but it also kind of doesn't. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying where it's like 
it kind of feels a bit rushed in places, but at the same time, uh, I don't think Sean mentioned this at the start. It's a monthly series, I believe. Right. And it's one of those things where you can't drag something out for too long because otherwise you end up on a boat for 10 years. Sure. Naming no names. Na- naming no names. Rest in peace. Peter. Rest in peace, yes. But no, the point is like, and that that is something I'm generally quite aware of with manga nowadays is like, actually, how often does it come out? This arc was this long, but actually, if I was reading this as it was coming out, how long would that have been? Like, six chapters, you're talking like six months for a monthly or like, a, I, a month and a half. Like, I appreciate that, but it doesn't excuse issues. That's my stance. I'm not saying it excuses issues, but I'm saying it can explain pacing feeling a bit quick in places. Sure. Because do you don't want to spend half a year to a year on something that is ultimately going to be a fairly minor thing in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. It just like it also comes a bit galling when you realize it is a monthly, but then they spend entire chapters talking about basically nothing. Like how ripped off would you feel if you if you waited a month and during that month basically nothing happened? Depends on the series. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, just for example, so we mentioned season two of this is actually currently airing at the moment. And I believe three episodes are out now. I mean, by the time this airs, like five or six. Because... Yeah, yes, by the time this airs, but at the time of recording, about three episodes. And it's like, don't get me wrong, these are all enjoyable and whatnot, but can, can we get on to the next story beat? Because we've been in this one place for three episodes and we didn't need to be here for three episodes. And obviously, it's apparent in anime why they do that, because of, like, budgetary reasons, or the, they know where they want to end, but they've got so many episodes to fill, or whatever. Or they're afraid they're going to catch up to the manga. Or that, but I think that's less of an issue with this, because they've got the light novels to go off. Sure, sure. They might still be afraid they're going to catch up to the manga, but, yeah. Admittedly, again, I only saw, like, the first ten episodes of season one, but I think at the with the amount of content Slime has at the pace it goes, I don't think it's in danger yet of catching up. Uh, this is the part where Phil tells me it's actually up to date, and I'm like, oh shit. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not up to date on the manga myself because the usual site has been down for a while. Hmm. Um, but there's 18 volumes out at the moment. Uh, in Japan, yeah. In Japan. Um, where I was up to before the great exodus of manga. Hmm. I could honestly see them getting there, or not far off. Uh, where did they start? They must have started about... Actually saying that, they probably started about volume 13, I would guess. The point is, I think they're safe, because they've got that, and then if they need to, as they've already done already for one of the spin-offs, they've got apparently another three or four spin-offs they can yeah. animate. Apparently so, I didn't realise it was such a such a franchise. Neither did no, I, I. I didn't realise there was quite so many. I knew there was Slime Diaries. We knew there was the one that had the anime last season, yes. Yeah, well, no, I knew that before there was the anime anyway. Okay, right. I think I'd heard of one of the others, though I can't think of them. Well, the, the one that got me was still, just as I mentioned, one of them. I didn't even know, because it's not on the Wikipedia page, it was literally just because I was on Kadansha's page, just looking up stuff to see how far they were. I was like, oh, that one hasn't come up. Oh, this one's been out for years. Okay. Well, 
so yeah it's um certainly when i pitched this battle i didn't realize slime was the franchise quite to this extent so uh maybe in my head i figured it was more famous than i gave it credit for considering i'd actually heard of it whoa okay damn part of me wants to say and this could purely just be my perception i have nothing to base this off i feel like it is one of the first big Iskais, and I want to say probably one of the first big ones where it is a non-humanoid main character. I... Like one of the first ones which is reincarnated as a blank. To be fair, and again, by all means, people at home, feel free to correct me. As far as I'm aware, there are only realistically two genuinely big reincarnated not as a humanoid. And I sure, think me and yes. you have picked them both. <laughs> For this. Yes, you could be right on that. There's, there's a few other I read. I definitely wouldn't say they're anywhere near as big, yeah, as you say. But um, like I appreciate those joke stuff, like reincarnated as a vending machine and nonsense like that. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I, I think even as, as I said, I think it's still also one of the first big yeah. isekai because, as you said, it came out in 2013. The light novel. Uh, the web novel was 2013, the light novel started in 14. So 2013, what Iskai did you have floating about then? Uh, was only, in terms of anime, the Sword Art Online was 2012 in terms of the anime. Uh, 2013 was more defined by Log Horizon, I guess, and maybe Gate was what was happening in that year. Gate? Oh, yeah. This was kind of like the first wave of titles following Sword Art. I would say Gate's a bit different in itself as well. Sure. But this it was before the genre was everywhere. Sure. Yeah, well, I, I think it was one of the first ones to hit that wave of Isekai. Yeah. So this thing, and like actually, I feel like partially I can tell how big it is because there are other series I read which have very obvious references to it. It starts invading other franchises then. You know, it's gotten some level of notoriety. Yeah. Like, one, one, like, a guy walks into a library and he sees a book which is like, the tale of a boy who turned into a slime. And it's like, that's very clearly time I was reincarnated as slime kind of thing. Sure. To the extent that even, like, the translators had a little translation note, like, this is probably a reference to that. I do like the fact that this is... It is an isekai. And I, isekai, for me, are like zombie media in the sense of... If it's done well, then I'm happy. If not, then it's some of the worst shit I can watch or read in this case. Yeah. And this one, I think, is actually done quite well because it is different enough. And not only is it different, but it's different and does something with it being different. Like, it's not just he's a slime, but then everything is the exact same thing. Like, yeah. No, it's actually got a different angle to it as well on top of that. And that's that's good. It makes it feel very, very original by comparison. And that's so necessary in such a bloated genre like Isekai. So if you're saying there's two of them like this, then, or not traditional humans at least, then I'm pretty excited for the next one. You can look forward to that in the next episode. But, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what it is yet. Like, I never know. You'd, I've posted it, so you can check I know, but I don't look at it before the thing. Brilliant. Exactly as planned. Yeah, I purposely don't look. Same reason I don't watch trailers if it's a thing I'm going to watch. I'm uh, going to see anyway. I'd probably watch the debut one, just you know, figure out if I want to see it or play it, and then be like, "Yeah, cool, done. Don't need to see anything more now." 
if it's like a Marvel movie, for example, like yeah. um, Black Widow came out recently. I didn't watch any of the trailers for that because I knew I was going to watch it. And at that point, it's just a spoiler. And I'm glad I didn't because, yeah, it spoiled a bunch of stuff that I really, the trailers spoiled a bunch of stuff that I really, really enjoyed about that movie. So, yeah. Fair enough. I will say that I think just the last little bit I've got here to touch on just because uh, I don't think we've, I've, we've alluded to it once or twice, but not really discussed it. What do people think of the art in this? It is fine. I liked it. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the greatest thing ever. There is, I think it's got a, a couple of moments which that I'll stand out. Like, the dragon whose name I can never remember. Veldora. That's the one. Velvet Dora the Explorer, yeah. He, um, <laughs> art on him is, uh, them, is very, very good. And that's kind of part of the joke at the beginning, that the dragon is so, like, very detailed. It's like it's yeah, just quite terrifying, and yeah. yeah, like, and that's very good. <laughs> weird, weird enough to say, but the art on the slime itself, even though it's just a blob, is very, very good. They they do manage to make Rimuru expressive. Yeah, and that's even that's though good. effectively all Rimuru is is a circle with two lines for eyes, kind of for the most part. I think it's the thing the anime again does even better because in the anime you get things like where he. Like, we'll have question mark appear above his head out of slime. Yeah. Like, exclamation mark and stuff like that. And like, yeah, that's been neat. Yeah. In this one, it's, it's all right. I mean, again, Dragon Quest has proved you could make a slime expressive even with, and like, nothing up to it. And there's a couple of other characters along the way that are actually pretty good. Like, uh, of note, you've got the, the, the hench goblin. And you've also got the blacksmith character we get. These are all pretty good. I... They're okay. I mean, what got me more in those ones was I think that the uh, backgrounds in the Dwarf City are really well done. Like, yeah, I, I think it does really good with backgrounds when it does backgrounds. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. It doesn't do backgrounds a lot. And I know that's a manga thing. Yeah, I think the thing is it knows when to do backgrounds and when it doesn't need to as a thing. Like when you've yeah. got a close-up of a character, you don't need to put too many details in. You can just have a grey background or whatever a gradient but when you've got like like I was saying the Dwarven City you know you you do get like oh here they are walking through the streets you can see the buildings and things you can get a bit of an idea of how that looks or here they are in the courtroom scene you actually get a courtroom yeah it's also like it's clear that effort was put into the art but uh yeah, it's, it's, it's good but nothing wrong with the art it is absolutely fine it's not it is not as I would say blow my tits off good but it is, uh, it is good. I think the only problem, the only complaint I have with the art is something that comes up right at the end. Right. Which is when, so we've got this character Shizu, and then Rimu eats them, and then turns humanoid, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's Shizu, except maybe not. Yeah. And I don't see the similarity. Yeah, um, they're also... They they also play with like is it just a very pretty boy or is it a woman that that classic trope as well and all the while you're just like oh okay Whatever. actually right right at the end of that chapter obviously Rimuru is playing about with his clones and it is genderless it is yes specifically looks at the crotchal area spe yeah specifically goes cool that's Barbie and or Ken doll. My little Timmy didn't get reincarnated. Ah. Yeah, it was something like that. It was like my my my, my little guy down there. Yeah, yeah, my my lower friend or something like that. Yes, I think to be fair, the reason why because Shizu has like 
I don't know what I don't know what it is, but it's like Shizu comes across as having a really distinctive design. Like it could be the little that I think they're implied to be burn marks, but like the marks yes. underneath her eye. Not just that, but like the way she's drawn, like it always makes her look. Because obviously she's meant to be like old beyond her years, and they really do a good job of conveying that. Although I couldn't tell you why. Yeah, no, I I do get what you mean. Uh, I think the mask was there. Like the reason my mask is part of the character is two reasons, and that's also what makes it distinct because she does actually have characterization, like a lot of it. And she talks about how she always kept people at a distance, and she is a burn victim. So the two together kind of. The mask comes together to complete this symbolic idea of her that they build up in the writing. And I think that's also what allows her to feel quite unique as a character, even though you look at her and there's really nothing special about her. Like she does look, kind of look generic and anime ish, different to everyone else, yes, but just an anime character. Just anime girl with long black hair, yeah. Yeah. But I, I agree, she does seem quite unique. And I think that's mostly because of the writing. I will say everyone has like very distinctive designs. Like they have their own clothing and things. Oh yeah, like you can always tell characters apart. There's there's no issue. With like that. yeah, I've never any problem telling people apart. But if, yeah. if you were going to tell me you had face blindness with a slime mic, I'd be um a bit worried. <laughs> Which one's Rimuru? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the dragon? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't actually read this, did you? No. <laughs> But yeah, as I say, that, that's my only little complaint about the art. It's just as I say, when at the end they're like, oh my god, that's Shizu. And it's like, oh no, it's Rimu who's eating Shizu, so they look alike. And it's like, I, do they? Do they? Maybe? Of course, let us not forget the uh, amazing non-stabbing moment at the beginning. The non-stabbing moment. Let us not forget I, that. I don't think that's a question of art, more a question of... I mean, it is. I don't know, it'd be nice if there was a question of storyboarding art. rather than art. <laughs> That's that's still an art thing. You could draw a panel of him being stabbed. There is a panel missing, I feel, but yeah, sure. Sure. yeah. But the point is, it's not the art at fault. It is I, storyboard. I don't know. Are you saying fact. ridiculous bayonet pose wasn't the art at fault? I I apologize to the anime. You apparently mm. did it better, even though I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. But no, he just bayonets him. Like this is this is a nitpick. It's pretty minor, honestly, and it doesn't. It's a little silly, but doesn't really affect the whole anything. reincarnation, Mike. It's very important. <laughs> You're saying no, this not. <laughs> when have you ever seen an isekai where the actual reincarnation part is important? Ever? When have you ever seen an isekai which is like, oh, it was so important that they got reincarnated and they were killed first? There is one, and I'm blanking on it, but there are definitely <laughs> ones where. I'm just saying, uh, even if you can think of one, it's a rarity. <laughs> it's rarely important. It's not particularly important in this. You could just say a. I mean, I'm guessing they'll bring it into, uh, in into the plot later because there are other people who are from people from Earth. Yes, from Earth. Yes, that is that Shizu was one of those people, so that's fine. But you could have also just done the story as Slime gains sentience. Off he goes. Good. Um, so yeah. So the. They do set it up that there is that the fact that people from other worlds reincarnated or summoned are stronger than people from this world at the yeah, very least. Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. So you you would have to change the story a bit if you were just like, it's a slime that gains sentience. But And I, and I have realised one where it is mildly important, but it's an isekai. What's that? 
Uh, it's the one you'll be reading next. Oh, well, don't dun, spoil dun, it. Dun. <laughs> That's why I didn't say anything more than that, Mike. I was also very careful to say reincarnated because you could have easily just said, uh, if I didn't say the word reincarnated, you'd have said Sword Art Online. <laughs> Pretty important. They're from another world. Except it's not. It, but it is, though. It's You die in the game, you die for real. Totally important. I mean, really yeah, the Isekai part is important to that, but yeah, it's one of the rare ones where it's not just reincarnation to another world. That's true. But uh, y- yes. Anyway, so yeah, that kind of... I, I, I'm aware, I think we've probably run long. Like, who knows how this will be in the edit, but we've, we've run long on this one. So let's, uh, let's wrap up and bring our conclusionary thoughts then. So I'll go to you first, Mike. Slime, would you read more, buy it, or any of its thousand spinoffs? Or watch the anime. Okay, uh, first of all, I'm not convinced by the thousand spin-offs. Like, I would have to basically read or watch through all of this and then make the determination as to whether or not I'd want more. Based on what we've read so far, I don't really want more from this world yet. Like, I feel the pacing was too high, too fast to get really connected to this world. I can safely say you wouldn't want Slime Diaries anyway, because that is a Slice of Life spin-off. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, probably not then. Which is very much not Mike. <laughs> I can't speak for the others. Uh, you might like Workaholic. Workaholics. I've never read it, but it's, the premise sounded fun. Because he gets reincarnated back into our world. As a slime. Or something, isn't it? As a slime. Still as a slime. Yeah. yeah. Sounds stupid. I'm kind of into it. He gets re-isekai'd. He and his harem that you haven't met yet get reverse isekai'd into our world, and now they have to run the company again. Fucking knew he had a harem. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not convinced by the spin-off still, uh, but that and that's mainly down to the, the pacing of this. However, I am quite interested in this going forward. Like... I think this is actually different enough out of every, not only every isekai, but every manga I have read that it would actually be an interesting read. It's not, and it's not like they don't, it's not like they do shit for no reason, you know? Everything always feels uh, relevant. It's like I've been going back and rewatching the beginning of Dr. Stone recently. And in that, it does the exact same thing. It's like stuff just kind of happens, but it always happens for a purpose. It always feels like it's setting up for something else. And I get very much the same vibe from this. As a result of that, I'm actually pretty interested to see where this goes. And frankly, how they ruin it. Because they're always on the edge of ruining it, I've noticed. So it'll be interesting to see if they can not step over that line and actually keep it interesting all the way through. So would I read more or watch the anime or buy more? Uh, Yes. Yes, I would. I... As far as Isekai go, I think this is actually a very good example of one done right, at least so far. Uh, I hope it keeps it up. I genuinely do. And I will happily read and or watch more until that happens. And will happily put money down on it as well. I think it's actually a very good example of trash manga. Well, hot damn. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, you, you did. Uh, my take's a little different. I, <laughs> I... I'm going to make this clear. I don't hate slime. I think slime's perfectly fine, but I feel it does 
despite its best efforts, still fall into a lot of the same traps of a lot of my issues with the genre. The protagonist is just an untouchable god. And even if the story does its best to not be about that and wants to aim to be more political and more about like peace, which is fine. And again, I like that element. The fact that pretty much every problem it comes up with is just immediately solved because Riru's like, yeah, I can solve that, done. It kind of destroys any stakes that it has. It's why I kind of fell off the anime after about 10 episodes in, because I was like, yeah, I've stopped. There are no stakes. There's, I've got nothing to invest in here. So it doesn't really matter the fact that Rimuru is pretty likable character. Like, I don't really, outside of Gobita, because I hate stupid joke beliefs who are just stupid joke beliefs. Sure. I kind of like most of the characters in this. I think it does some things pretty neat and differently for Anisakai, but it just falls into traps elsewhere. And yeah. Uh, I will say if you are interested, if you've listened to this and you are interested, I would much more recommend the anime over the manga. The manga has a lot of issues where stuff happens out of order, which the anime kind of fixes because the anime has a much more longer term view of things. So it can do things where it doesn't need to retcon in that he's immune to hot and cold. It can have that come up in the scene at the time, even if it does seem fucking stupid at the time. But yeah, the anime can like smooth out a lot of the issues and I feel the art can better represent some of the scenes like the bayonetting stabbing nonsense mm. so my, my advice it's not for me personally which is why i fell off of it but if you are interested in it i completely understand why and i would recommend the anime version over the manga version because i don't think the manga version is the best interpretation of this can't comment on the light novel because i've never read them yeah I, I do see your points and it absolutely does have issues it is by no means a perfect manga at all a lot of those issues you bring up though i feel are fairly common with most manga and certainly most isekai yes no i agree yeah if you're gonna try and dip into this um genre at all and those are things you kind of have to let run off you like water off a duck you have to you have to be you have to be willing to forgive those and i think i am with this because it's interesting enough or you could just look for better isekai i mean that's also an option <laughs> Read Sword Art Online again. I, no. Read? Christ, <laughs> I'm never, I'm never reading it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, so, usually at this point, I then pray to Phil, but this seems more silly than usual, considering Phil does, in fact, read and buy and is up to date with the anime of this. So I guess instead, no, Phil... No, no, no. I'll, I'll let you have your pitch. Why, why should people watch slash read uh that time i reincarnated as a slide why do you like it yeah why do you think this is the not that you i don't even know if you've read the one that i'm gonna bring up in a few minutes nope great brilliant why do you think that this is kind of i don't know if this is your favorite isekai but why do you think this is peak isekai as it were uh i'm trying to think is this my favorite isekai now i'm trying to think of what isekai i read god damn it (laughs) no i don't read sword art online damn it Why do you do you read Sword Art Online? No. Like? I also still wouldn't really call Sword Art Online Nisekai. I, I would. I would. Yeah. Uh, Isekai doesn't have to be in another world. Yes. Yes. It does. Yes, a... That's the literal definition of Isekai. It doesn't have to be a reincarnation situation. But, um. Yes, I think it's probably the best Isekai I read. Which is. Impressive, considering you yourself, you are self-defined Isekai connoisseur. Sure. You said that. I, I may indeed have said that. I, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of any 
all the ones I think are better. But I'm also not going to spend a lot of energy trying to think about it. Classic Phil move. Mainly because I feel like it doesn't fall into a lot of the trappings that some of the series we have read do. So we've mentioned, you know, it's not worried about a stat block. It's It tends to keep its information quite concise. It does not have a gamer syndrome. <laughs> Thank Christ, yes. Yep. Generally, I like the art. So it, it's nothing fancy, but I feel it's reasonably detailed. Backgrounds in particular, on panels it puts them in, which is still quite a decent amount. Don't get me wrong, when we say where it puts them in, it's not like it's one background a chapter or whatever. It's quite a lot of panels have them. Yeah, I, I generally like the art. I think I'm a bit more favourable on it than Mike and Sean, for definite. And generally, I like the story. Like, I know you guys are a bit bothered about the sort of hopping about nature of it at the moment. As said, it feels more set up in these first two volumes, just compared to what I know happens later on. So I do get that, but it definitely settles down a bit. Rimru is a decent main character. They actually have a personality, mm -hmm. which is... Again, a failing of other Iskai, a trapping of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I hate, I, I hate to say this, but unfortunately that's where the bar is. It's, uh, it's not super rapey at any point, so that's good. So, not, not, oh, no. not exactly a... No. No, no there's nothing bad coming up okay. there, Mike. <laughs> dropped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was... Oh, where was it? There was something I remember reading when I was doing my read-through. Um... I think it was in his death scene. Sure. When when he was talking... Oh, uh, yeah, that was it. If you're going to reference the fact that his computer is loaded with porn... No, yeah. no, it's not. Uh, when, when he's lamenting how he is a virgin, mm -hmm. basically, basically the impetus for him getting his predator skill mm -hmm. was because he was like, oh, man, I'm going to devour the ladies in my next life. <laughs> yeah. When he eats stuff, it's called predator skill, yeah. Yes, um, but in that box where he's like, oh, I'm going to devour the ladies in the official version, in like little text in the corner, it's just got consensually, of course. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I could answer that is 10 out of 10 work. That is, that is nice. <laughs> and again, I'm sad that that's the bar, but you know what, I'll take it. And I mean, in terms of, in terms of actually the official release, you do get lots of like really cool extra things with it, so pretty much every volume you get a couple of glossy, full-colour pages at the start, which is nice. They are decent quality. You get that little short story at the end of each volume, which is the story as told by Veldora, which is great because Veldora is, like, the greatest. You do also get a little thing as well. You get, like, translator notes. Some of them are just like, as you would expect with scanlators, where it's like, for example, I think there's one thing where someone says, oh, blah, 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 100 meters or whatever, which is fine for us. We know what 100 meters is, but actually Americans in there needing to use imperial measurements, it has a little thing underneath it, which is like 100 meters is 320 feet or whatever it is. But actually at the back of the volume, it has proper translator notes where it's like, oh, here's all these references that happened in the volume, which... Which going to explain here. So, for example, um, when he first meets Shizu, he says, I'm not a bad slime, 
which is a Dragon Quest reference. And they actually mention this in the back of Volume 2. It's like, oh yeah, if you didn't know, that's Dragon Quest. Oh, did the girl from the 50s know what a Dragon Quest reference is? Shut up, that's how. Because someone else told us she actually says that. They're up to, like, Dragon Quest, what, 20 now? They were probably coming out in the Second World War. A, no, they weren't. <laughs> B, they don't say that in the fan translation. <laughs> it does come up in the official one. She says someone else from their country told her about it. Yeah. Someone else when she was in Japan? No, someone else from Japan told her. So another person oh, who okay. came from Japan right. Fair enough. has told her about it. That's how she recognised it. Okay, I'll let it off. No, I, I agree with you. I think this whole thing is just pretty solidly made. Yeah, like just looking at the back of Volume 2, it's, it tells you what Yakiniku is, for example. Just because, yeah, maybe you don't know what Yakiniku is. What is Yakiniku? It's like a giant iron slab you heat up and grill meat on. Oh my god, I learned something today. That actually... I, I thought I was thinking it was like a sausage thing, so you know. I'm sure. Nah, I I think it's the style of cooking on that stuff because you can go to actual bars like that in Japan where you have yes. like a little thing in the middle of your desk. Totally confusing it with yakisoba. Yakisoba is noodles. Yes. Noodles. Yes. Okay. Yep. I'm with you. What a noodle! That... Losing the name, Mike. Yakiniku. Niku is meat. Huh. I didn't know that. I'm learning so much today. I won't remember it, but I'm learning it. He won't remember it, but will he remember who makes Dragon Ball? Akira Toriyama. Hey! You've got to ask him this next episode. Yeah. <laughs> and, and will he remember where he can be found on the internet? I can barely remember where I can be found in my house, but on Twitch you can find me at twitch.tv slash bazekra, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R and you can find me on Twitter at bazekra, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R I play video games and such. It's pretty fun. Lies and slander. I do. What are you playing at the moment? Uh, technically, at the time of this recording. At the time of recording, it's still technically Pokemon, but... Yes, I'm doing the post-game stuff, but by the time this comes out, probably playing The Last of Us. So, probably that, if you want to see some... A person not good at stealth games or zombie games play The Last of Us. There yeah. you go. And, uh, unlike in the last episode, we won't I won't rip into Mike for his stream schedule because he's actually on schedule all the time these days. So All the time. <laughs> Almost all the time. Enough of the time where it's not a joke anymore that I can make. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and that's the bar. <laughs> uh, I do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah, sure. Hey. Bill, where can they find you? Can't. Thanks. Mike, where can they find Phil? They can't. Clearly, he just said they can't. Right, you're joining it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, you can't. I'm available at Slazer King. <laughs> you got his wish. S-L-A-Z-O-K-I-N-G for all my usual terrible opinions on Gacha and other things. Also, you can see all the books I'm buying because now apparently my goal is to make my book backlog as big as my uh, gaming one. So, uh, see lots of stuff that I have bought. You can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Cast to be notified the moment a new episode goes live, as well as highlighting some other cool things. Like at the time of recording, uh, we highlighted the fact that you can get a load of Volume 1s for free that, from Kandansha's library on Comixology right now, including Nagatoro, which you covered back in Episode 24. However, I imagine by the time it says, you probably can't anymore, so um, you'll have to go buy that, although good luck because it's out of stock on Amazon. 
the other way to make sure you're notified the moment a new episode comes out is to subscribe to us. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn. So subscribe, follow, like, rate, review, tell your friends, all of that good stuff. And you're going to want to do all that because next time it's the second part of our Summer of Isekai. And so whereas usually we'd throw to Phil, instead we're not doing that because it's my choice this time. And frankly, screw this slime malarkey, like slime, my god that's so several years ago. If you want a real non-human isekai, the choice is frankly obvious. So join us next time for the second half of our Summer of Isekai with an incy-wincy episode on So I'm a Spider, So What? Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye everybody. <laughs>